you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Around the NFL podcast. Greg can't wait to wrap in Atlanta. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Greg, you have to be. Greg likes rap. We all know that. Mm-hmm. That's something that is well known on the show. Greg likes rap. You have to be excited that joining Maroon 5 on the <laughs> halftime stage, uh, the likes of Travis Scott, Big Boy, and now we're hearing speculation of more area rappers involved like, Erica, did you see it in the news? I did. Who oh. is it? All, who else is also rumored now? You don't know. You did not read the <laughs> no news. <clue. laughs> I gotcha. No. Um, no clue. Anyway, Greg, you like rap, so let's vamp a little bit while I find out who else is playing. Well, I think the big question is: Do you get? I, it, does that mean Andre Three Thousand is not there? Because Big Boy is part of what I would argue is the greatest rap group of all time. But if it's just Big Boy, what's he gonna? What are they gonna play? Like uh, a verse from Rosa Parks? Are they gonna do like? The way you move, you know, I like the way you move, which is kind of a big boy solo album, because because the the jams that'll get people going, I feel like, are more the outcast songs. It's, it's a big question. I think you're. I mean, he's only right. coming on for like one minute too. Right. I when mean, they how say many songs are they going to jam one, into this I would twelve say he, minute performance? He might get one song, maybe two. You would think. Feels muddled. Right, is he allowed to play outcast songs without Andre Three Thousand? I'm glad we're starting with the important topics. Today. Absolutely. Is that enough vamping for you? That was good Dan? vamping. Uh, I still can- oh, uh, Lil John. Jeez, he had his on. moment. Big well, boy and Little John. It's Atlanta. And I mean, Little Jermaine John. Dupree. Little John played like halftime at the Timberwolves game on Tuesday night Ouch. before the Super Bowl last year. Ouch. And I just feel like I don't know. So you you sound that is stage underwhelmed. Yeah, with the Little John news. Okay. Aren't you going to get Cardi B in there? Obviously. No, she turned it down. Reported. Oh, really? Uh, that's kind of a that's kind of a hot mess in the fact that Maroon Five. I thought the the, the only lone. Be careful here, Mark. You don't want to get in trouble again with the league. 
I'm just saying that would have been like an overt Easter egg to make sure you had in place before you signed up Maroon 5 for this. I mean, it'll be tough to top the year that the Black Eyed Peas, you know, blew the doors off uh, wherever they were. I still think about that performance in North Texas. All right. This is the championship Sunday preview show. Uh, So much to get to because we have the four best teams in football squaring off on Sunday Two. Uh, one v two battles uh, in the Rams and Saints and the Patriots and Chiefs. So we're very excited about that. A quick reminder, by the way, as we mentioned um, on our Wednesday show, yes, we will be live from Atlanta. Uh, we we can't confirm if we're going to have Andre three thousand, but we won't deny it either. I mean, we might have him have him as much as the Super Bowl halftime show. Exactly, a live show at City City Winery in Atlanta on Thursday, January. 31st, the Around the NFL podcast live during Super Bowl week. Wes, you're excited. Can't wait. Ticket Can't. information pinned to our Twitter page, Around the NFL. I like, like, uh, Erica before the show. She's like, oh, should I play this during that announcement? Should I play this? How about this background music? And then nothing. Well, you didn't even, like, build it up. You were like, I'm going to do a big announcement. You're like, yeah, come check out our live show. The big announcement <laughs> was yesterday's show. Okay. You missed that. But, like. <laughs> okay. There it is. Ouch. City Winery in Atlanta. Be there. Get your tickets if you want to. uh, And they're going fast. We're getting a lot of tweets of people are buying tickets, so I can't imagine they're going to last long. So uh, on the top of Around the NFL Twitter page should be the link there. If not, check our feeds. That's the best we can do. Good salesmanship. Create some sort of pressure that the tickets might not last long, and they got to buy. I yep. got a DM from one of our longtime listeners, Betsy Clark, who is making the trip to Atlanta just for this show. Oh, my goodness. So we'll have to uh, meet and speak with Betsy. I went to Atlanta afterwards. yesterday to check out the venue. Tell and us. And it is really, really cool. It's a cool winery where they have all these, like, you know, they brew their own wine. Brew? That's not the word. That's no. beer. They they vine their own wine. Nope, you're getting worse. <laughs> they, they mull their own wine. Uh, fine. What are, how do you make? They, they, they make, make their wine. But there's like a lot of. <laughs> they make some know. wine. Um, it's really cool. You guys are going to love it. Good. And there's a piano there, apparently. There is. Does anybody know how to pia- play the piano? I do. You do? Yeah. You're proficient? Yeah, I can read music. Wow, you're so amazing. Thank you. <laughs> well, she also God. just said that she knew all the acts in the Super Bowl halftime show, so <laughs> I don't know if we can totally try. I buy this more than that past thing that you were wrong about. All right, so let's get into it. Two games. Let's start in the NFC, where the Los Angeles Rams um, are um, feeling good about themselves. They went 13-3. and three. That was good enough for the two-seed. Uh, they beat up on the Cowboys last Saturday in their building. However, they got edged by the Saints during the regular season in a great battle between these two teams at the Superdome. And that ended up being the difference uh, because the Saints finished at 13-3. and three. Uh, but had the head-to-head tiebreaker. Hence, the NFC title game, Chris Wessling, is played at the Superdome. And why don't we uh, – there's so many places, uh, so many ways to dig into this game. But why don't we just start there? Your, your feeling about how big a difference home field is in this game uh, compared to how close these teams are. Could that be the difference, just where this game is played? I think it's a huge difference. First of all, no road team has made the Super Bowl since 2012. Um, that's a huge factor. Second of all, I believe the Saints have the best home field advantage in these playoffs. Kansas City's is great too, but playing indoors, as loud as that stadium was last week, the Saints took a few roundhouses from a, a 
very high-flying Eagles team to start that game. They were jittery uh, themselves. And then for the final three quarters, I thought just absolutely dominated that game in a way that did not show up on the scoreboard. I agree. Their offense got back on track. That was their best offensive game probably since they played the the Rams. It's the most yards they've had in a game. Even though they only scored 20 points, they did what they needed to do in the final three quarters. But to, to talk about the home field, I would say it's a bigger fact. It's, it's a big factor. You, you would much rather be home. But I would be more worried about it if we didn't have a, an example of the crowd noise not bothering the Rams you know, on That's paper. True. I mean, they put up 483 yards. They started that game slowly, but that place was rocking throughout because the, the Saints got to such a big lead in that game, scored touchdowns in five of their first six possessions that that place was going absolutely nuts. And the Rams players talked about it this week. They said, we were fine. And I would say the Saints defense had not reached its peak yet at that game. They didn't peak until later in the season. They're two totally different teams, I think, now than they were then. But my main thought is that the offense handled the crowd noise great. It was not a problem communicating, and they, they put up some points. I can't get out of my head the way the Rams played against Dallas. A lesser team, we all get that, but all five of the Los Angeles offensive linemen graded positively by PFF. Andrew Whitworth had one of the best games around. The way they used their wide receivers to block and chip linebackers and then get open for Andrew Goff, they, or Jared Goff, they, they really, that game was utter domination up front, I thought, for the Rams, this is about Aaron Donald trying to get to Drew Brees, one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the league. And the big difference here, I think, is Michael Thomas dominated dominated the Rams last time. They have a key to lead back, and that changes everything. That takes a lot of pressure off of Marcus Peters. He can talk and yap all he wants. He's not going to see as much of Michael Thomas, if any, in this game. It's going to be a lot more to leave, and that means a lot less Sam Shields as well. Yeah, you, you talked about the offense. That wasn't just like a dominant performance. That was, you know, one, maybe the greatest offensive line game I've ever seen. I mean, they had the most rushing yards in their history, and Goff was pressured once in 28 dropbacks, which was the second least amount by any quarterback all year. You could not dominate more. And and just the playoff aggressiveness, and you, you hope they can repeat that if you want to see a great game in New Orleans – it wasn't just the linemen. I mean, they were just kind of a nasty team, and you don't think of the Rams as a nasty team. First play of the game, Robert Woods just knocks Jeff Heath's block off, like cracks him on the ground. Next play, Tyler Higby cracks Demarcus Lawrence on the ground. Roger Saffold had, when you watch that game, one of the most dominant games a guard can possibly have. Kind of embarrassing Jalen Smith and, and Leighton Vander Esch. And part of the reason they were struggling and getting pushed around so much is you could tell they were thinking. And they're young players, and, and they were trying to think about all the misdirection and everything that was happening, and it was allowing Saffold to just get these free shots at the second level and if you're the Saints, you got to be worried about that. But they do have more of a veteran linebacker group, especially Demario Davis, that you would hope kind of his head wouldn't be quite as scrambled as the Cowboys clearly were last week with everything McVay did before the snap. The Rams, um, six and two on the road this season, thirteen and three on the road in the Sean McVay era. So this is a very good road team. And like you said, we already saw it in Week Nine, um, forty-five, thirty-five, a game that. You look at the score, if you don't remember the game, that game was, as Greg mentioned, a game the Saints got way ahead in, and the Rams came all the way back and had all the momentum at 35-35, and then the Saints did what great teams do, was they pulled it together and then finished off their team, finished off their opponent. Wes, to your point, so you're saying in Week 9 you didn't think the Saints' defense was a finished product or they hadn't peaked, and certainly, especially what we just saw last week, 
um, that points to that being an accurate comment. Is there a case to be made that it kind of averages out a little bit because the Saints' offense isn't playing at the level it was uh, earlier in the season? Sure, and I don't think Drew Brees is playing at the level he was earlier in the season. Certainly the offensive line is not playing at that level. Andrews Pete, in particular, had four penalties last week, and we find out he's playing through a surgically repaired broken hand, and he's in a lot of pain. Now he lines up across from, you know, Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald, that is a huge problem for the Saints right there. That matchup, Andrews Pete and the center that their center isn't very good either. Max Unger, he's just yeah. an average center. He can be pushed around. I think that's a big problem. The the Rams though, when you look at like they struggled to stop the run for much of the year, but they were great last week. But they when you look at him, there's holes in the secondary. I mean, you would think I mean this is Sean Payton, this is Drew Brees. You would think that they were gonna attack him. Through the air, and, and you mentioned Talib. I kind of I don't know where Talib and Marcus Peters are at. Like Talib has returned, but they haven't. You know they they played the Eagles, didn't play great against them, and now and since then they've played three offenses whose passing games are not that dynamic. And I just Peters hasn't had a good year. Talib hasn't really been tested that much, and I would say Lamarcus Joyner has not had the same kind of year he had a year ago. He struggled a little bit, and he's the one who's going to get stuck with Michael Thomas sometimes in the slot. You know that, and that's a tough matchup just size wise. It feels like there's holes in this Rams defense because, as good as they played last year, last week overall, like they still haven't found a pass rush. It doesn't look like a Wade Phillips defense. Like you think Wade Phillips, you think. Lots of blitzes, guys rushing off the edge, you know, counting on the the cornerbacks to play man coverage and that they don't have to cover much. And, like, that's not this Rams defense. I'm not really sure what this Rams defense is. I'd be concerned a little bit for the Saints, too, having Sheldon Rankins out of the lineup. That's a big loss against the run. They give up. Well, they, they're going to put a guy who's better against the run into the starting Taylor lineup. Taylor Stallworth? David Onyemata, who is really good. The Eagles kept trying to test. I still think that. it's a loss, though. It's, That's it, a Rankins is a better pass rusher, probably, but I think Anyamata is really good against the run. That's it, why the Saints are one of the best run defenses in the NFL. It, I think the Eagles almost got caught trying to. T- I don't know if it was because Rankins was out, but almost trying to test that you know point that okay Rankins is out, and they kept trying to run up the middle last week, and they just couldn't get anything going. I mean, they, I don't think they had more than a five play drive their last six or seven six or seven um, drives. It's the, I think they're similar, that you got to attack, even though the secondary is better with Lattimore and Apple and Von Bell's playing well, like you would you would think that the Rams are going to need more than 26, 28 attempts from Jared Goff this week. In the backfield for the Rams, what did we see from Todd Gurley? Now, it's an interesting situation back there because oh, yeah. C.J. Anderson comes aboard in week 16 and hits the ground running and produces at an all-pro level, which is becoming one of the crazy stories of this NFL season in the last, last month. Todd Gurley comes back, and, and Greg, in your opinion, did he look like Todd Gurley? Did he look close to Todd Gurley? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't have a hot take. He I got out-touched he, by C.J. Anderson. I think he game. looked like Todd Gurley for the most part. I mean, I think C.J. Anderson was just too good to take off the field. Gurley did play more than Anderson, played about Think 10. about that comment you just made. I know, it's crazy. Well, that was the game plan. The, Sean McVay said that I'm not playing Todd Gurley going into the game as many snaps because he doesn't have his wind back. He's not in football shape from missing a month. And he played 44 snaps, which is a pretty good amount. It was a little more than Anderson who did get the ball. But, yeah, Anderson was making guys miss. It wasn't just he's like in, he's just not a bowling ball. Like he, They have one of the best rushing games 
possible right now, and they're going to keep riding. I mean, they had 270 yards against the Cardinals, who are not a terrible running t- uh, run defense, uh, a good game against the Niners, and then what they did against the Cowboys. For a guy who was on the street a month ago, he has incredible synchronicity with that offensive line right now. They gave him a slitter and he's sliver, and he's sliding right through exactly where the hole is. Maybe he's like uh, the bowling ball, the guys that throw the, the big meaty hooks. In the in the PBA, oh, maybe he's, he's that type of yeah, yeah, like the, you know the guys that wear the glove on the hand. Yeah. And are we sure this is CJ Anderson? That's another theory because it's kind. Of, you know how Tom Brady? What does that it's mean? Clearly like, not the I same mean, Tom CJ Brady. CJ Anderson is sort of like take him or leave him. He you know he was completely starting to fade out of the league, and they've made an agreement with CJ Anderson, the real CJ Anderson, to say we've built someone else. Sort of off to the side, who we're going to put into your, we're going to acquire you. We who looks just You're like going to be you put up in an amazing ago, Los Angeles mansion. Right. You're going to live high on the hog, but we're <laughs> going to put this other creation in your jersey. And suddenly, C.J. Anderson, since week 16, nobody in the league has more rushing yards per game, more first downs on the ground, or rushing touchdowns from that time through the playoffs. This is C.J. Anderson. Remember, Not convinced. Remember this it? was a guy who was a great player for the Broncos. Come on. Give us CJ. What's up? No, never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> that was it. Good luck. They replaced luck. CJ Anderson with like 1996 Natron means. <laughs> I am not convinced this isn't true. Uh, other thoughts about this game, gentlemen. What jumps out to you when you were uh, studying ahead of today's podcast, which I know you were? I really want to lock up the Saints, but I feel super freaked about about it. I just I don't know. There's, I feel like the one issue for me is that the best pass thrown all last week was by Taysom Hill. I think he's a huge factor. I love the way they use him, but if I, I just Did don't you just know. Cast doubt on Drew Brees. I'm not casting doubt on that was him at all. Doubt cast. I think that they're a, they they really impressed me the way that they. I was more never more nervous about the Saints than when they were down 14 nothing against a magical Eagles team, thinking this has all the makings of a letdown of a team that or rolled Mark in, losing his lock. Well, or the team that rolled in as the number one seed and Mark just not getting mind. it done, <laughs> and the way they fought out of that hole. Gives you great confidence, but I this game is this game is hard to. I think both these games are impossible to pick. I don't know what to do with this one. Well, why don't you pick it? Breeze hasn't hit you it. You got to do it, Mark. You're a pro. This is what your job is. I mean, you can wait a little bit. You want like two more minutes? Do you need like 120 seconds? My lock is going to depend on yours, so I'll have to wait. <laughs> oh, you're playing the game. Well, I'll I'll get it out of the way for now. Well, and I can switch mine I'll as much up, as I want. I'm going to lock up the Rams <laughs> uh, on the road just because I think they're a little bit better, and I never really locked. Lock the Patriots. And uh, I think Jared Goff and Breeze haven't played their very best over the last stretch of the season. And that that Goff, I think, did everything that was asked of him last week. He made some really nice third down throws that they're going to need a little bit more of weeks one through six Goff to pull this game off, that they're not just going to be able to just run steamroll the, the, the Rams the whole time. But I think the Saints kind of need earlier season Drew Brees too, that he, even last week, it was more about everything he did before the snap and looking off defender. Maybe that'll be enough, but he hasn't made as many like really difficult wow plays over the last five or six weeks as he did early in the year. The last uh, time, go ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to say that, uh, Wes, you might have showed your hand a little bit there. There's a big-time lock strategy here because the, for those that are, aren't tracking this or maybe aren't, Wes is one lock behind Mark with two games to play. Greg and I both eliminated. I don't have a hand. You Well, you lay, put it out there now that you're waiting to see Mark, and now Mark picked up on that. Mark said, well, I'm going to wait, 
and I'm going to change as much as I want. There's a lot of drama here with the well, Kissing Cousins, and I love it. This isn't a critique of Mark, but the rules of the game state that we can change it apparently up until game time on Sunday. That sort of doesn't matter. So if right. he changes, I can just go right back to eight, at ATM you, lockups or whatever. I get it. You have your two picks that you like, but you're not going to – if I don't one like of any, is the I don't same like as any of these games. I'm, oh, with, really? I'm with Wes. I don't like any of them. And Wes, if I pick a certain team and you wow. want to change yours 25 times, I don't care. I couldn't care less at this Who point. Who said, by the way, the rules you could change it at any time? That's a new We've thing. done that. No, it's not. That's We've new. We've done that. No, no, we were fine with you changing it at the LA Live last week. I changed I changed that a I number of times into two year. losses. We should just lock it up here and that's what happens in the studio unless well, there's an I, I think number one, because you two are out of it, that Wes and I can dictate our own rules. We really wow. don't care what anyone else has to say about it. All right. Fine with me. Okay. If honestly I'll, I'm if Wes, fascinated by it because I know this means a lot to you, Mark. A lot. I'm competitive. I want to win, but I but I but I think that Wes has been an excellent competitor too and if he were to you know, if we were to go into Super Bowl week tied, that would be nice drama. Mm. Anything can happen. Anything. There's, I think there's less strategy than there could be, particularly because neither of us has a read on these games. Mm, interesting. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Well, it is two two games that are three point spread. I mean, that could be that that is, you know, the desert telling you these are two, these are four teams that are pretty even on neutral. What do they field. say, Greg? That three points it's is given field. to the home team. Basically, yeah. So basically, yes. That's so exactly there you go. What's what's going on? I've, I feel like the Saints need to just give Alvin Kamara the ball 35 times. Don't you just like – it's almost like they wait. They don't use him as much as they possibly could, and it's like now's the time to just do it. Do I it. like the Saints in this game. I have to say that I think I, they really did show me a lot uh, coming back down from 14 nothing with all that juice that the Eagles had. Uh, they were flying high. And the way, like Wes said, the way New Orleans defense just said, no, that's enough. You're done. That's it. You're done. The The – the Eagles never even had a chance on offense except for that last drive where the Saints got a little bit lucky with the deflection and an INT. But that was an incredible defensive effort, and I think Drew Brees and the offense, which hasn't been as good uh, in recent weeks, I think they're going to show up in the NFC title game in their building, and that's why I think this is like a – I think it's a 7-10 to 10 point win for the Saints. I think this is mm. their game. Last time these two teams met, Jared Goff came up small at the end of the game. He made yep. bad throws and bad decisions. And I don't think he's been a good quarterback since then. He when's the last time he passed his team to victory like Drew Brees did last week in the second half? Hmm. I just don't think Goff has played well for about two months. And to me, that's why I'm gonna like. I mean, the Chiefs game was since then, so right, they scored 54 points. But yeah, but that would be the but exception. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Since, since their bye week, which was after that Chiefs game, he hasn't been the same. And that's where I feel like the Saints have a pretty good advantage. I, I trust Drew Brees more than I trust Jared Goff right now. We also one of these. They, they, this is which the, coach do you trust though? I mean, this is the Sean, the Sean Bowl. I, I, I don't want. I don't, I don't think there's an easy pick uh, between the two Sean's at all. I don't trust either of these defenses. By the way, I don't think the Saints' defense is really that great. I think the, both of these teams are going over thirty. I think they're fine. Um, like last week with some unforced errors and some quick drives and you know things things happen. And making, I think they're just fine. And making plays. I don't think either. I don't think there's a top ten defense left in the playoffs, and that's I, fine. I was going through my All Pro list, and I've got Cameron Jordan and Demario Davis on my second team, Von Bell on my third team. Some people have Marcus Lattimore on their he's second or third. He's teams. playing great right now. They have really good players on that defense. Eli Apple's helped them a lot. He's been good. It's fair. Anybody else have the Saints? I have the Saints. I have the Saints winning. Well, I if you don't have the them locked, wow. then I'm going to lock up the Saints. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. That's the gameplay. But I could lock them up too. 
I'm not getting hey. backed into this confrontation to begin with. Hey. That's what happened last year, and that's why there's like a split trophy on well, so, your desk and mine. <laughs> Here's I the thing, care though. less at this point. You get to this Uh-oh. point, and you're either ahead by enough to but you not won. be. But you won then. Then all you have to do, you, cause, because you're far, not far enough ahead. All no, you, we could lock tie. Up, we could tie in the Super no, Bowl. No, just lock whatever he locks the next two weeks. I, that, you if you want to be, we all sit around praising Belichick for putting his, <laughs> his heel on the neck of the snake. Or you can do this thing where for the podcast you just sit here well, lock and roll just, into a reverse lock. Or like, just with lock, a road team. Lock Nonsense. who you feel the strongest about. Yeah. I haven't just decided. Play yet. the game, that's all. Do snakes have necks? I have not decided. <laughs> it's a very long neck or no <laughs> neck at all. We'll see. All right, there you go. Let's uh oh, quick halftime. I'll throw it to Mark Sessler. We do have an update. Now last week, um, Greg, you will remember that we had an update from the WTA, which is what does that stand for again? Women's Tennis Association. Bang. And uh, it was it was odd. I don't know. We have sources all over the place, but someone sent me the diary entry of a yet unranked female tennis player, Nina Pankova, age 24. And she was going through a lot of drama. She um, was struggling on the court. She was set to face Ivana Saddles in the Sydney International while dealing with a jaded ex-boyfriend, Philip, whose number she blocked because he wouldn't leave her alone over text. We have another diary entry or two, uh, just a follow-up from a week or so later. Let's go. Living. Let's hear it. January 10th, 2019. Dear Diary, I haven't written for days. Feelings of intense anger flow through me. I lost my match to Ivana, Ivana Saddles at the Sydney International, a 6-2, 6-1 nail-biter. It might not seem like a close match to you, Diary, but I was up one nothing in the second set. But then, during a 30-minute rain delay, I heard Australian broadcaster Rebecca Mattern tell viewers... This Nina Penkova, she's just a baseline player. Nothing else mm. special to her game, Charlie. Only you can know this diary, but it got into my head. My coach Boris urged me to brush it off, but I couldn't. I melted down. Saddles has a powerful second serve. I'll give her that. I totally hate her. I know I'm the better player, and that's why I refused to shake her hand after the match, which made the news. So what? I have no reason to be kind to Ivana Saddles. She seems like a giant b- diary. January 12th, 2019. Dear Diary, Philip won't give up. I blocked his number days ago, but the hotel concierge brought me a telegram with the words, You're mean, Nina. I helped fund you start to finish at the Cincy Open, but it's not about the money. It's about the talks we had riding horseback over the Swedish wilds in October. Now you've ghosted me. That's what teenagers do. Not a real woman. Massively hammered on expensive vodkas at a subterranean bar in western Prague. Hotties everywhere, but I'm dead to all the senses. You've broken my heart. January 14th, 2019. Dear Diary, so confused. Got a text today from Ivana Saddles. It reads as follows. Why not shake my hand, Nina? We're both just trying to make our way. I have no ill feelings for you. I enjoyed the competition. Look, I want to talk with you about that kink in your backhand, which reared its head in the second set. I went through the same exact issue. Maybe I can invite you over for steaks and some red wine. Talk some shop. I don't hate you, Nina. Don't hate me. When I see you on the court, you glow like diamonds. Your friend, maybe, Ivana Saddles. Mm. That's why it's uh, America's fastest growing sport. All this intrigue. It is? Women's tennis? I mean. What metrics are you going (laughs) I mean, I... I just made that up, but I, you know, I think I, I think that's you're ex- trying to help out. I think that's acceptable on this show. Yeah, yes. just edged out cornhole. <laughs> let's move to the American Football Conference, the AFC, and let's dig in. 
the New England Patriots. By the way, I did note you locked against your girls' team. That is bold move there, Chris Wesley. Well, what does Ooh. that matter? Bold move. What does that matter? Just saying. Paramore, I have no influence on whether the Rams win or not. The Paramore, no. a St. Louis native, moved to L.A. The Rams followed her here. She cheers for them with all her heart. It's one of the biggest fans I know of any team. In fact, yes, when we were at the Rams' playoff loss last year, she had tears in her eyes. And uh, Mark and I had a drink with her after the Saturday game, uh, after the win, and I'd never seen a happier girl. She was extremely happy. She's she's a happy person. If all nothing the time. else, you know that she's gonna you know she's gonna rub it in your eye when they go down to the Superdome and make all my uh, I'm rooting Saints for the Rams. Unhappy. I'm rooting for the Rams. Worried about the game. wedding now. But I got a, a competition to win with Mark. See, so you, you you're out for blood, and I like it. I'm not out for blood. I, if you play the game all year, you don't like it, in the second last week say, oh, because my fiance roots for this team. Well, no, you should, I'm gonna put it. You're playing smart. You should just. I play mean, it if smart. you're gonna be in a competition, try to win the competition. You should, well, we just, could be teammates and both lock up the right. Saints. Right? Yeah, you it's, should. You know, you should just pick them because they're gonna drop a bomb on the Saints. But I don't believe that you do. <laughs> uh, the Patriots travel to Arrowhead to meet. The Kansas City Chiefs, uh, both teams, very impressive. Last week in the divisional playoffs, the Pats whooped up on the Chargers 41-28, but we all know it wasn't even that close. The The Chiefs uh, dismantled the the Colts, who were flying high, looked like the hottest team in the league, and then they, they looked like the 1-5 Colts, let's face it, in a 31-13 loss. So these two teams move on. It's one of the better AFC title games I can remember on paper, Greg, and um, – Let's start here as a Patriots fan. And I know you're always saying house money, house money, house money. Nothing matters. That's not nothing matters. That's appreciating what you have. Because if not, it's like, what are we doing here? Okay. That said, is there an AFC championship opponent hmm. that scares you as much as this Chiefs team? In previous years or a Let's potential say in the, in one In the this last post-ACL certainly the, years. Well, the 2015 Broncos. Certainly. Yes, that was a very good team. That that one they and good even defense. and because the Patriots team was worse, I would say the 2013 Broncos as well. Uh, you know, it, it, that's the thing about the, you know the talk about the dynasty ending and all that with the, with Brady's age, I get it, but this team fits right in with many of Patriots teams throughout this decade that probably aren't the best three teams in the league, but are comfortably in the top five or six and make it to this weekend with, with some defined weaknesses. Like, that's that's where they fit. But this is this is as good as it gets. Yeah, the Chiefs. This is the greatest age and career statistical disparity between quarterbacks ever in a playoff game. It's also the most combined wins by opposing head coaches in a playoff game. Hmm. Well, that's like they – between these two matchups, it's almost too easy to kind of go, this is like old versus new. I mean, we can either get Breeze and Brady in, going against each other in the Super Bowl, two of the greatest ever who've been around and kind of dominating the league for a while. Not that Breeze has gotten this deep in the playoffs very often. Or we can have something totally fresh. Rams Chiefs. Is this – we talked about in the NFC because it, it felt like a draw with the head coaches. Are these the four best head coaches in football playing in this these – Last two games? I think you'd throw in Doug Peterson and, and Pete Carroll would be the But if you had to make a one to I have four, no problem with this right now with these four being put up as the best four. That's pretty cool. You know there's these teams are all going to be super prepared, ready to play this game, and there's talent on both sides of the ball. And I think with the on the Patriots side of it, uh, Mark, and I think anybody that's ready for the Patriots to go away, and you're, you're in the club, of course, as well, is – 
that was disheartening what happened against the Chargers because it, they went from a team like you can maybe make a case for uh, they aren't as strong as past years. Well, what they did to the Chargers uh, makes you think they could beat anybody in the league at this point. They broke them in 10 minutes. I mean, the game was over. At, you know, the Chargers came back, and, and there was the deep shot to Keenan Allen. They, they tied the game up. But when, the, when New England came right out on the second drive and did it again, I thought that Los Angeles was totally broken. Mm. And I, I'm not sure that that happens again. I mean, the weather in this, I, you know, the Patriots are not a team. This isn't, you're not sending the 1980s Seahawks out of a dome into the snow here. This is not some team that is a warm weather team. They, they practice in snow. They show them doing that this week. They relish this. I don't think they're intimidated by the weather at all. But there is an interesting stat out there that the Patriots with Brady are 30-6 and six in games at or below 30 degrees, which sounds remarkable. But 30 of those games were either at home or against the Bills or Jets. I, 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 that, to me, also, you can just throw all that out if you want. I mean, they've got to find a way to stop this offense. And I think this is the kind of week that Bill Belichick relishes because you have to find a way to do what literally essentially almost no one else has been able to do consistently on any level, which is to slow down not just one, but all of these weapons. And I can't wait to see how he deploys defenders to knock Travis Kelsey off his feet a bit before he runs his route, or Tyreek Hill, who's dominated them. And Tyreek Hill has owned the Patriots in these matchups. But this is a bit of a different Patriots defense right now. But I'm going to lock up the Chiefs because I simply think they're the better team right now. I they, This scares me a lot because I probably spent more of the week just wanting to lock up the Patriots. This is about mm. as dodgy as a scenario. Both of these games freak me out. So it's like it just roll with it. I think the Chiefs have the disadvantage at coaching. I think Bill Belichick is a slight favorite over Andy Reid, but I love the home field advantage. I hate the defense, and they can't get to Brady. If they can get to Brady and they can make – that Broncos game that you mentioned where they lost in Denver was all about – do they hit Brady like 22 right. times exactly. in that game? I'm not convinced this defense can do that at all, even with Chris Jones and Justin Houston and D. Ford. But I have a better shot than they did last week with the Chargers, which I thought on paper they could too. So who knows? We don't know anything. Erase <laughs> everything I just said. <laughs> I don't know I, anything. I thought I that feel, was all huh? good analysis. That's how I feel about it. Every time Erica, let's edit feel, out Mark's close. I feel crazy about both these games. I just feel crazy about both of these games. So <laughs> I'm worried about you. Every time I found a Patriots advantage, I felt like I found a Chiefs answer. And Brady has a ton of experience in bone-chilling cold. Mahomes basically has none. And yet there's a long-held NFL axiom that older players don't do well in the cold. And if you look at, like, recent, this isn't even that recent anymore, but Eli Manning outplaying Brett Favre after Brett Favre had a much better year that year. Um, and Brady, I mean, let's be honest, has a much weaker arm than Patrick Mahomes at this stage. That's a factor in really cold weather. Right, but if if it's so cold that the vertical passing game is – really affected that ultimately hurts the chiefs i think more just because their offense is based more around the vertical passing game but we do, we just don't know how it's right affect the you, vertical you don't know you would think i i do think you can say that patrick mahomes had one of his least accurate games last week in the cold that especially on throws over about 15 yards he misfired i mean it was not one of his stronger games uh, down the field. He also made, what, how many, like, side-armed and... Made great, great throws. No look passes. He played played more than well enough to win. 
but they also had five straight possessions, you know, without without a score, which is rare to see. And he just missed more throws. There, there were open guys that they could have had even more points, and you're just not used to seeing that quite as much. So what they did on defense against a Colts team that a week ago, for good reasons and for well-researched reasons we loved, can that can that happen against New England? That's that. I don't know if there's any carryover, but but I'm more hopeful than I would have been a week ago. I think there's there can be more carryover from the Chiefs defense than anything from that Patriots game. I I don't take anything from that Patriots game other than Brady's healthier. He's moving a little better. Edelman's definitely looking better than he did early in the season. And I think you know they're feeling good about themselves. But that was such a coaching like guys were so open in that game and Bra- they won that game. You're right. They won the game in the first ten minutes. They won that game before they snapped the ball. He. Brady barely even dropped back in that game. It was it was a play calling masterpiece with screens, swing passes, shovels, play action, quick slants, motion, anything so he would not drop back and get hit. And I don't know if you can do that two weeks in a row. You did I, I th- certainly don't think you can do the same thing on the road that you did at home. No, I agree. But you did do it pretty well against the Chiefs last time. That's not a game where you know he moved pretty well, evading pressure a couple times in that game. But for the most part, that was a pretty easy game for the Patriots offense. That was the game that kind of – Got everyone thinking. Oh, I guess I guess these are the because at that point they were three and two and didn't look that great. And that was the first game where you thought, okay, on their best day they can look like the Patriots. They were up twenty four nine at half in that game. Uh, you brought up the weather, so we should mention that a day ago, as recently as twenty four hours ago, the belief was that it was going to be around zero, a, a true Arctic blast scenario. Uh, now there's, there's been a shift in that, so it's going to be in the twenties, and then with the that's you, a big difference. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Yep. The real feel, which is a thing in mm. weather now. I'm not a meteorologist, but so that's, that's things. I think that's, that's been saying. around. Is like that what the, the wind chill used to don't, be? Hey. It's kind of what the wind chill used to Probably be. Probably factors in other yeah, things. Don't put yourself down. You are a real meteorologist. Thanks, bro. <laughs> um, it, it will feel like zero. But it was supposed to be like historic. Larry King <laughs> got to be 150 years old at this point. That's and I hope the man lives forever. You never want anybody to die. So I'm glad that Larry's still with us. In fact, I saw him at a, a bagel shop near where I live about six months ago, just chilling with some other old people, having some coffee. It's a, a place called Brooklyn <laughs> Bagels. Spotting. And Larry was just like, hey, I'm an old man from New York. I'm going to go to Brooklyn Bagels and just hang out and be an old man. What Larry had to say was on Twitter, or somebody tweeted for Larry, hey, let's cancel this game. Let's postpone it. It's too miserable. And when it, if it was going to be negative 5, negative 10, Maybe old Larry had a case, but in the twenties, no. this is not this is not going to be near anything historic. It's just going to be cold as balls. I mean, the end only- of that weather report from me. I love it. Meteorologist Dan Hansis. I, I think it's clear that none of us have any tangible football experience, and none that would translate on any level to anything above <laughs> a grade school level. But I do remember. I t- you know what? I take issue with that because if you ever covered high school sports in the Northeast, specifically baseball, uh, it is miserable sitting and watching teenagers play baseball for three hours. Oh, I know no. what it's like to be truly cold watching sports. Well, I was just going to say that, like, we've all been out there playing snow football, right? Or, or like, awful, awful wins. And I always thought for me and that when you're on offense and you're the wide receiver or something, it favored you against the little defensive back who's frozen five feet away from you, yep. and you burn around him. I don't know if that has any uh, – maybe just all – maybe cold weather just favors defenses, but – I would rather be Tyreek Hill knowing where I'm going in one-degree weather than trying to figure out where Tyreek Hill is going. It's a fair point. I, I agree, and, and I do think, though, the running game shouldn't – you know, that shouldn't be too effective. And that was the one takeaway – you know, that's the thing I've been banging the drum all year for the Patriots is I think they're a good running team at their best. 
Shaq Mason, David Andrews, Joe Tooney inside have done a really good job opening up holes for Sony Michelle. And that was one thing that they were really good against the Chiefs the first time. I mean, that's kind of why they won that game offensively is they had their way with the Chiefs running the ball. And as a Pats fan, that's kind of my hope in this game is that you're going to get Sony Michelle, you're going to get James White here and there, certainly in the passing game, going up against their linebackers who aren't great, Hitchens uh, and Raglan. I think that's a good matchup. And that they just can Control the game, that that's kind of who they are as a team, and you're going to get a few nice throws by Brady, and then you're on to Atlanta. <laughs> well, they're, they're not predictable usually. Like Usually when right. you have their game plans figured out, but to me that makes the most sense. Play bully ball, shove the Chiefs defense around, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, and try to win that way. They, they ran right at Chris Jones too, who's a great player, but did you know and rushed the passer, had a forced fumble in that game, but they kind of ran right at him because he gets up up the field. The, Belichick's good at attacking weaknesses. And to me, it's that secondary has been okay, actually, but it's the linebackers and maybe it's up the middle running again. They have not been on the road, New England, since they scored 10 points against the Steelers on December 16th. They're not a good road team. Football Outsiders has them as the 31st defense on the road and the second best defense at home. I mean, that's outrageous. One other part of their offense, which is now it's gotten to the point where we don't even really talk about it anymore. And I was joking about it down in the newsroom during that wretched game last week. Uh, but Gronk had was getting called out for a great blocking all game, and he is. He's always been a great blocker. But he was targeted once in that game. It's gotten to the point now where he's just not an active part I, of the offense. I'd just be careful on that. Here's the thing. That well, one, I'm just that I'm one speaking catch from what we saw, not what no, we No, I, I don't seen. think because of the game planning is – the Chargers involved him run blocking means that you won't see him as a receiver in this. You game. think it's you think it's not at all noteworthy that he had one target in a playoff? No, game? I think it's absolutely noteworthy. I don't think you can project that and say he's not going to be a factor in the passing game this week. I think it's a different matchup. And I, I heard Romo talk about it say, you know, don't count him out next week from having a big game. Well, as a total homer, he looked better on that one catch, which is 25 yards, than I've seen him look in a while. He did draw a pretty important pass interference in that game. You don't uh, get a target for that. Right, you don't get a target. I'm just saying. I mean, that's, that's that counted. Seems silly that you don't. Uh, and it then does seem silly. And though. then if you watch, like watching that, like he was open a decent amount, but it's like everyone was open. Brady had Brady had his choice. It was, it, it was interesting though because I, I went back and watched like the the week six game, and now Michaels was like, "This is a matchup of the two best tight ends in the league," and no one would say that anymore about Gronk. Think nope. that was best. on Sunday. We we talked about that, and I think um, Brady played very well in that game. But I, that was the point that I was making on Sunday that he just, it wasn't even like a challenge for Brady. It was like I I think Geno Smith could have tore up the, the no. Chargers the way the way he <laughs> I was, love Geno the way he was protected the way guys are running all over the field wide open. I'm just saying Brady executed the game plan well, but that was just like a that just it was fish in a barrel. He knew where the answers he knew where the answers were. Who do you trust more, Bob Sutton to get to Brady? or Belichick and Flores and his entire staff to make life uncomfortable Flores. for a second-year quarterback. I, that's why I'm probably about an hour from now I'm going to switch to the Patriots. <laughs> I, what if we phrase it this way? Who do you trust more, D. Ford, Justin Houston, and Chris Jones to get to Brady, or Trey Flowers and a bunch of um, jabronis to get to Patrick uh, Mahomes? How dare That's you. fair. I think that – I mean, Hightower and Flowers played a, a nice game last week, but the Chiefs have been doing that week after week. They, they Flores has – Done a good job, and he did it against the Chiefs the first time. They got free rushers on Mahomes. They they've been so creative. It's gonna really test the Chiefs in terms of their communication. I I trust the Patriots defense to get more pressure because Brady will check 
check out of it or just get the get rid of the ball quickly. But D Ford is the one guy that worries me the most. Play D- in Kansas City. D Ford against Cannon and or Trent Brown is a big time mismatch. And Justin Houston played really well down the stretch. They have they are the only team with two edge rush, edge rushers in the top ten in pressure percentage. It's a problem. Like when Andy Andy Reid's so good at those first fifteen plays, and the Patriots are one of the only teams that kind of shut that down. They outscored opponents by almost 100 points in the first quarter. So they are a front-running team that is just used to getting out ahead. That's outrageous to outscore opponents by 100 points in the first quarter alone, and then they did it again last week. Did you catch that yourself happens, there? that happens, I'm done. Did I'm you catch yourself there? What? Calling Andy Reid Andy for a second? It's like, Andy's so good at that. You know, he's just... Well, you know, that's time. Andy. You've interviewed. I think I said and he. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, something clicked for me with these Patriots. They're absolutely right. They're the underdog here. They're the underdog. They're they're not wrong. Started off with that quote from Tom Brady. Everybody thinks we suck. Julian Edelman, he's spot on. Those t-shirts he's hawking for $30? Bet against us, he asks. Fine fabric. Let's not hide behind obvious truths. The Patriots outscored 21-6 in the second half of last week's game. Look it up. <laughs> Number two seed, yikes, 11 and five <laughs> this year, their worst record in nine years. <laughs> Let's not ignore that there have been four Super Bowls the past four years. Have the Patriots made them all? No, only three. <laughs> Solid point. Uh, the right. coach, he's like 70. The quarterback, 30 touchdowns, 4,700 yards, and 100 passer rating this year through 17 games. Gross. <laughs> it's all it's unbelievable and you know it's a miracle the NFL is even letting them play this game <laughs> America loves an underdog let's get behind this one bet against us and count me as part of the team I'm locking up the Patriots let's go New England Best satire I've seen all year. No, I think it's good. It's kind of like um, an let's an- go pets. It's Dan's. He's taking like a seventy-two hour antidepressant pill because <laughs> I don't like. I would be worried about that we wouldn't be able to do the show if he was moping around like he was last week. But now that he locked it up, he'll be like, well, at least I locked it up. If they win, it'll the be pat- like there's no a way. Small consolation. They lose this game. They're the true underdogs and underdogs like they were in 2001. Champions that year and once more. Let's go, Pats. <laughs> Ow! You're convincing me to join you. I'm- there's just there's no way they lose this game. <laughs> it's a it's a slam dunk. Everything is lined up perfectly with uh, Tom Brady. He said they all think we suck. So so the thing with that is they First of all, most of the year has been spent around, like, why aren't they the same Patriots? And so that's what they're pushing back. But I think it's more that just people don't like them. And that they're right about. It's not so much that they don't suck. They're just sick of them. I they saw, stink. Tom I, Brady said it himself. I saw this poll of, like, what teams, fan, what Super Bowl matchup fans want to see most. 44% had, like, Chiefs-Rams. 43% had Chiefs-Saints. And then, like, the rest of the 12% included a Patriots matchup. All of America well, guess what? basically hit, does not want the Patriots. You're not getting what you want. Bet forward. against us. I dare you. Us. Bet against us. 
No one believes that. Sam one, Darnold. One no one believes any that. of that because we've talked. Sam to you, who? We've talked to you all week, Patriots all season, future. and I've never heard you as confident in the Patriots losing. Um, well, that's before he realized they were one of the more convincing underdogs in history. Oh. What a what it's a Rudy hard luck story for this team that nobody believes in them, and basically their whole dynasty. Like you can forget about it; it doesn't even matter. I've already bought three of those Julian Edelman thirty dollars T-shirts that go straight. To, I'm sure he's going to give all the money to charity. He hasn't made any mention of where the money goes yet, but the shirts that he's hawking uh, bet against us. I'm sure that will go to a good cause and not just to line his pockets well, with rubes. I think it probably will fund his next like bro vacation with Danny Amendola. Hey, Ricky, you got a lock I mean, up. He you want to join me? He needs some extra Join money. us? I, um, no. You don't want what? to? What? I can't even look at this game. I can't even open my eyes. I'm really, really. Come on, everybody. Enjoy bet it. against this us. I'm nervous. excited. I'm excited. These we are the weeks. beat them once, and I believe that we will do it again. Come on. I am nervous, but I am excited. Get on. And I think the Rams are going to do it. Oh, oh, that's a bad sign. That is a bad sign. That is I'm not, not going to touch it because I don't even want to be bad, involved. Bad so I'm go ahead. Out. Bet against us. You just did. I'm not betting not, against here's us. The thing. By not locking up the pats, you bet against no, us. No, I don't want to jinx us. I just am nervous, and I just want to stay Shame away Shame on you. It. Shame on you. Oh, don't. Do, do, do. do you know who, who's under pressure in this game? Who? who? Billy Boy Belichick. Why is that? The old man. He's got a couple of game, like 70. He's got a couple of game plans in the Hall of Fame taking out Marshall Falk and Thurman Thomas. Can he do the same thing with Tyreek Hill, who has bedeviled the Patriots the last two matchups? He really play. hasn't had the answer for the Chiefs. No, he hasn't. Uh, not not defensively. Mm. I but mean, that, he's, he's overmatched. It almost gives me a little consolation that the Chiefs are just a more talented team, that it's going to take, take a lot from Belichick to overcome that. I mean, I don't know if he's recovered yet from blowing last year's Super Bowl. Mm. I don't want to lock off with you, Mark, and I know where you want to come. You want to join me. This is where the true glory is, the underdog glory. Keep an eye on Twitter. I mean, I could I could get into a certain <laughs> state of mind and switch. I will not. I think Chardonnay I will, is going to help I will here. say this. Out of, out of, you should put a deadline on Out of sportsmanship, so this, no matter what, will go to the end, barring a total meltdown, I will not switch to the Saints. That is not – Don't not, do it that way because that, that, that does not help the game wait, any more or less. That hurts the I game. I picked him to win, but I'm not going to lock gonna. the Saints. But I'm saying he shouldn't not lock them just to keep the game alive. No, he's saying he's not going to do like a last-minute change. He's going to go right. with the team he's picking. As down. long as it's from the heart. Right. That's what the game's about. It's always been about the mirror. Well, I mean, there's another week to this. No matter what, probably, likely, next Unless week, too. Unless Wes's team we should loses have, and you yeah. win. We That's should. right, but then that will happen outside of any sort of bizarreness. We should just have a preview show about the whole the lock. I mean, yeah, I can imagine that. Oh, oh, wow, you know, two listen. of the greatest coaches ever, like the MVP against like the greatest <laughs> player of all time. Nonsense. Let's talk about the There's locks. no doubt there is a massive chunk of anyone listening to this that could care less about this contest <laughs> and is getting probably 18 minutes too much content around it. Um. All right, that's it. Are we going to pick these games? I believe I made my pick. Did, did you pick? I know you're carrying the water with me. Come on. We're going up and down that hill together. I yeah. really want to see Brady in another Super Bowl because of his really? excellence. I don't really want to see Belichick in another Super Bowl after the stunt <laughs> he pulled last year. Um, <laughs> oh, the Malcolm Butler. Yeah, give me, break, that, give me a I break. Give me a break. Blow in the Super Bowl <laughs> to make a point. Give I me forgot a that break. Belichick got on your radar. For oh, that. my God. He just blew the game. <laughs> That's Gave the reason like I was crying. 600 yards. Remember? Were, yeah. I was like, what you happened to Malcolm Butler? Eric Rowe getting destroyed in coverage. Give me a break, Belichick. I would love to see B Brady in there, but I, I think the Chiefs are too talented. And Bet uh, against us, bro. 
And they have a huge home field advantage, and the Patriots just aren't a good road team this year. So I'm picking the more talented team in my yeah. eyes, the Chiefs. Add to the course. Bet I know. against us. $30. Sell those T-shirts. I don't feel well enough to bet, to bet on it, even if I was allowed. Yeah, you're not. And I really do want to see Brady in another Super Bowl. Really? Just because I, I admire and respect him that much. All right. Enjoy it. You know, the, for Patriots fans out there, you know, turn down your peace scale. This is great stuff. You having a chance to go to Kansas City to be part of these games. You can't. You can't yeah, take it for granted. Huge chunks of Patriots fans totally disagree with your mental wrapping right. around the Patriots experience. They are going to live or die with what. Well, no, no. I, I, I'm going to be very disappointed. My point is the excitement building up to this game. Thinking about it, the the matchup of just like. It's not going to last forever. It's ending soon. The fact that they're even back in this game. You said this for four years. It's true. I mean, the truth I, of I, the matter is that you are, as a Patriots fan, and I know Bostonians don't enjoy like the to moment. It, but it's like saying. like being a Yankee fan. What happens is when a dynasty rolls on, the winning doesn't feel as good as the losing hurts. It's an old Parcellsism. That's why he got out of the game. He got to the point where the losing stuck with him longer than the wins did. When you're in a dynasty, that you're just like. It no longer do you get that same thrill when you win, but the losses kill you. So it doesn't matter where I feel like your head is at. It's going to be a stinging pain if you go down before the Super Bowl because that's just the way no doubt. all fans are hardwired. Although, honestly, being on the road against the best team in the league and this team specifically makes it feel different because there's, like, no shame in that. And that and what they did last week was, was pretty exciting. And, and, and nobody I, believed and, in them. And I do, I do mean it, though. Like, they – the first time they wrote off the page, like is the Patriots dynasty over was oh nine. Since then they've been to more conference championships than twenty four franchises have combined and have in their entire history. Like in the second half of Brady's career. So if you can't like enjoy like hey this is a big game like this is what being a fan's about, give me a break. But you're approaching forty. T- go tell a fifteen year old Patriots fan who just has grown up in this and thinks this is how life is. Suddenly 15, would be like 25. Sure, like it would be a psychic break to suddenly not be the greatest thing in football. Maybe that 15 so. year old needs the psychic break. Well, no, they definitely do. Oh, but and they're not po- going to sit here and be like, "Oh, I have the f- I have the perspective too." Where like it's potential it's just for a nice to go too. play, go it's, play a nice game outdoors. It's potential no. for one of the you know signature Brady wins. Absolutely. Of course, who are you picking, Greg? Oh, I'm t- you know for the. Uh, how many weeks have we done this podcast? But for that many straight weeks, I'm picking the Patriots. Didn't you once not pick the Patriots? Bet against us. I've never, I've never picked against them mm. on this podcast. Ricky, you sure you don't want to get on board? I, I don't want to put a bet of a lock or anything, but the, <laughs> the Pats are going to take it. I think Ricky refusing to lock up the Pats bad is one of the reasons I feel better about it. It's a cosmic bad sign. No, I'm not. We will concerned. talk about that Sunday night. If, no, if because that's what happens. Then, then I can't believe putting, Dan believes in them more than you do. It's not well, about doesn't. that. It's Dan not about that. Dan could not have yeah. pulled off that bit if he believed any of that. He what? is so excited about this team going down on Thursday. As he talked about all week. Everybody like thinks you. we suck. <laughs> Bet against us. Dan believes. All right. He's an acolyte. Next time you hear from us, we'll know the results of these games. And how exciting is that? Ricky's so nervous. Yes, so nervous. Oh, Ricky Hollywood's going to be in the garage. Throwback podcast appearance oh, tonight. Oh, yeah. Mm. Ta- we won't say what we're taping. We want to keep that a secret. But Super exciting. But it's one of your favorite artists of all time. Got to Ch- be JT. The Ch- goat. Chubba Wumba. The goat, you said? The goat. We're talking about the goat in the garage. That'll be fun. All right. Chumbawamba. You know who Chumbawamba is? No. Okay. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old Zeuser, and the old boss.
Oh, and Ricky Holland's behind the glass. Till Sunday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.